0: Christmas is uh, about gifts, isn't it? One cynic summed it up like this. Buying presents that others don't really want for people we don't really like with money we haven't really got. Uh, The British ambassador recently in Paris had struck up a friendship Uh, with a local radio reporter. But he was still somewhat taken aback when that reporter rang him shortly before Christmas and asked what he would like for Christmas. And the ambassador, typical Brit, said, oh no, nothing at all really. But as the reporter insisted, he eventually mentioned uh, a small little token present. Imagine his embarrassment when he heard on the radio station shortly before Christmas the fact that a survey had been done asking various influential people what they might really hope for for Christmas. President Macron, the French president, had asked for an end to world poverty and a commitment to peace and reconciliation. Michel Barnier, the European chief negotiator, wanted an end to conflict in the Middle East and a recognition of the problem of global warming. And the British ambassador hopes for a small box of crystallised fruit. Christmas is about gifts. It's about the most wonderful gift of all, God's gift. Not a gift separate from himself. He gave himself. Some give gifts which, in all honesty, are a substitute for love. Some parents give hugely expensive toys when actually... What their children need is some time or a hug, doing things together. These would be much more convincing because they would be giving themselves and not a substitute. What Christmas says is that God loves us and he doesn't give a substitute, he gives himself. God loves us. The only God, the living God, gave himself for us. People sometimes say to me, if only God would show himself, well, then I might actually believe. Perhaps you've thought that yourself sometimes. Well, the message of Christmas is that God has done exactly that. He has shown himself. The Gospel of John says that, and we're going to hear this uh, in our last reading in this service. What he writes, says, is this. And the Word, that is Jesus, the Son of God, became flesh, and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know how Father and Son can share some recognisable characteristics. They can look like each other, be roughly the same sort of height. They can sound like each other. I wonder if uh, you're thinking that, if you've met uh, two of my sons who worship here uh, at this church and recognize any characteristics. Well, I do. Uh, Sometimes I recognize some rather alarming characteristics, but we won't go into that. What John is saying here is that Jesus is just like his Father. He is God, the Father's only Son. And they are absolutely alike. So that Jesus himself grew up to say, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. One of his most extraordinary claims At the first Christmas, and for the next 33 crucial years, God did show himself. So for us too, looking at Jesus, we see God. Listening to Jesus, we hear God. Giving our lives to Jesus, we give our lives to God. So what is God like? Well, John tells us of two particular characteristics in this reading we're going to have. He says, we've seen his glory full of grace and truth. Let's look at each of those key attributes, and I'm going to take them in reverse order. The first thing is that Jesus is full of truth. That means there is not an ounce of hypocrisy, no error, no mistakes, no wrong ideas in what he says. And if you were willing to take just one of the Gospels and read it over Christmas, it won't take you very long, or in the new year perhaps if your Christmas is pressurized, you would find Jesus' teaching often radical. Sometimes very encouraging, sometimes deeply challenging, but always clear and always true. Jesus is full of truth. I've always found that very exciting myself. I reckon I'm reasonably bright, but I'm only too well aware that there are many, many more who have far more brilliant brains than I. And yet in Jesus, I have found the truth. If I read what he says, listen to him and obey him, I will know the truth. He himself said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. Another one of his extraordinary claims. Of course, sometimes that truth can be painful. When we read the Gospels and come to church and hear Jesus' teaching read and explained to us, we will see often all too clearly our own faults, our own shortcomings. So don't come to church if all you want is to be comforted. There is indeed much comfort in Jesus' teaching, but he is far too honest to leave it at that. And if we face up to the truth, then we will be changed. Many of us here are parents. Parents. If we have never confronted our children about any wrong behavior, never gently, lovingly pointed out their faults, that something needs to change, then they will never mature. And Jesus is like that with us. He loves us too much to leave us as we are. So if you want to change and mature yourself, come and listen to Jesus. He is full of truth. But secondly, we hear that he is also full of grace. We have seen his glory, full of grace and truth. Grace means love that is undeserved, much more than we could possibly expect. And in Jesus' case, it means forgiveness and friendship. The forgiveness of all the ways in the past and the present that we don't take God into account, that we disobey him. And the friendship of Jesus here and now and forever. Jesus was always full of grace We see that often in the stories of the Gospel. One in John's Gospel um, is very clear about this. A woman was brought to him. She'd been caught in bed with a man to whom she wasn't married. It was an unarguable case of adultery. And all the bystanders looked at Jesus and wanted to see what he would do. Several of them wanted her to be stoned to death. But Jesus refused to humiliate her. He said, looking at the crowd, you all sin. If there's any amongst you who doesn't, That person can be the first to pick up a stone and throw it. And of course, at those words, the whole crowd melted away. And then Jesus turns to the woman and he says, I don't condemn you either. But from now on, live for God. Don't go back to that relationship again. A wonderful story of forgiveness. But how do we know that that applies to us? And the answer is because of the cross. Instead of allowing us to suffer the results of our own self-centeredness and rejection of God, God died in our place. Jesus, on the cross, bearing our rebellion in order that we might go free. The crib of Christmas stands in the shadow of the cross of Calvary. He came to die for us. God came to die for us. That is grace. And Jesus is full of grace. He is God's hand reaching down to us and offering us not only forgiveness but friendship. He says, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened and weary. Come to me, you who are worn down by your job. Come to me, you who are struggling with your family life or in your marriage. And not just if you're struggling. Come to me if you're enjoying life, if it's going well, if you're optimistic and full of hope. So the message of Christmas is that God came to earth to reveal himself, to reveal himself as the glorious God he is, full of grace and truth. The question is, what are you going to do as a result? Well, let me try and help you. The right response is we need to accept the truth. Of course, that may mean a lot of thinking on our part and of rethinking some wrong assumptions. That's what I had to do. Uh, I likewise have huge ambitions I was going to be the prime minister to what I now discover was going to be my Humphrey Appleton. (laughs) But um, I was struck by this person of Jesus who changed my priorities. It took me some time to work through my prejudices that Christianity was surely a fairy tale. No one could actually believe it. And actually, as a lawyer, as I was then, grapple with the evidence and come to the conclusion that the only possible explanation was that Jesus had risen. During that time, I wasn't passive. I read a lot. I talked a lot with friends. I went to church. And you'll need to do the same to open yourselves deliberately to the teaching of Jesus That's if you want to get to the truth. You see, truth may be out there objectively, but truth only benefits us when we ourselves accept the truth. Now, One way to grapple is by joining others who are asking the big questions of life. And you'll see in the back of your service sheet that This church is putting on a a course in in January. The Wednesdays in January. It's called Rewind. Four Wednesdays. Are you able to give just four Wednesday evenings to what is the truth or not? Are you you willing to sacrifice that time or are you too busy? (coughs) Explore the truth and then receive the grace. Jesus stands there offering us grace, forgiveness, and friendship. But we have to receive it. You know, I sometimes meet people who are basically convinced that Christianity is true. But for some reason, they never take hold of it. It's absurd if you think about it. Like... uh, a man who wins a prize in a raffle or in a lottery ticket and never claims his prize. Or someone who at Christmas gets a huge check and never banks it. But, wonderfully, every day there are some who receive the friendship of Jesus, who give their life to him. And that is the greatest present we could ever receive. The forgiveness and lasting friendship of Jesus. (coughs) Wouldn't this be a great Christmas to accept God's gift? Christmas 2018. Christmas will be never the same again. I remember how my Christmases changed when I accepted the truth and the grace of God. I remember singing that carol we've just sung and my emotions just welling up. I'd sung it many times before, but suddenly I knew the one who in a manger lies had built the starry skies. So I'm going to end in a moment with a very short prayer, acknowledging both the truth and our need to ask for forgiveness and friendship with God. I'm going to pray it in the first person singular so that you can echo it in your heart if you want to. Very like the prayer, simple prayer that I prayed over 40 years ago now that changed everything for me. It hasn't all been easy there have been all sorts of problems that have arisen because of that decision. But I have never regretted it for one moment. Let's be quiet together for a moment. Here's the prayer Lord Jesus, I recognize. You are God's only Son, and that you are full of grace and truth. Forgive me my wrongdoing and come into my life as Saviour, Friend, and Lord. Amen. Now, I'm almost finished. I just want to say a couple of things. If you prayed that prayer, it doesn't matter what you feel or don't feel, whether you experience riches kind of tears or nothing, I want to encourage you that it is a significant step. But you need to follow it up. Otherwise, it will perhaps disappear like the morning mist. And secondly, I'd love you to risk telling me, just so I can take your name and pray for you in the days ahead. I'd love to give you a little booklet, too, written by a friend of mine that explains a bit more about the Christian life.